0: Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this
1: i started consuming podcasts in 2014 um and i did that because i was at a dead-end job and it was terrible my my manager would literally make me cry on my lunch breaks like that's how bad it was so every day i'd get there at 9 a.m i'd listen to podcasts until like 4 p.m and then go home and it made the time go by so fast and so that was the first time i really realized like the importance of a podcast i mean think about it like what other medium will allow you to sit at a desk consume content, be entertained, but you don't necessarily need to see it or watch it.
0: Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast where we help you to create a YouTube-based podcast to build your dream clientele, make an impact, and to get paid doing what you love. I'm incredibly excited for this episode because today we have Lloyd George coming on. He has some incredible podcasting content and his journey has taken him to some interesting places. we're going to discuss his journey from being a full-time employee over to a freelancer, how he's able to sustain his work as a freelancer and use it to give him the time that he wants to be able to work on his podcasting and to do the things that he actually loves to do. We cover ways that you can monetize your podcast, how to grow your podcast more quickly. And Lloyd actually flips the scripts just a little bit and asks me some questions on how to grow your podcast on YouTube. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. So I wanted to start this interview with getting to know Lloyd just a little bit better and how he's made the transition from working as a full-time employee to a freelancer.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. I love your content and I'm excited to be chatting today.
0: I appreciate it, Lloyd. You know, for me,
1: I feel like, you know, the way that I've always functioned is I've always had my primary day job, which, you know, is what I used to. Pay my bills and survive. And then I've always had like my primary like side hustles, which is like my podcast, my YouTube and TikTok and all these things that I'm doing on the side. And with my day job, what would always frustrate me is like I'd get an amazing opportunity, I'd start it. And then maybe six months or a year later, I'm like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I need to do something different. Um, and that was like shunned upon, that wasn't like celebrated. And so what I ended up realizing is I wonder if I should be doing the same exact thing I do in my day job, which uh, I'm a project manager. But what if I did this specific thing as a freelancer. It's like a 1099, just on a contractual basis. Like what would that look like? And what I ended up realizing is that was perfect for me. I loved like autonomy. I like switching things every three to six months. I like working with different people. Um, And so just becoming a freelancer for my day job and then still doing everything I do on the side, it's been a great way to function for me. And I've really enjoyed it.
0: I think what Lloyd is doing with freelancing is absolutely incredible. But I know that if you've considered freelancing in the past, one of the concerns you probably have is how am I going to have enough clients? going to make enough money. Am I going to be able to provide all of the things that I need to have the lifestyle that I want? So I was curious, what are some of the things that we need to know if we do want to consider freelancing? Yeah. So and I
1: initially thought that like, you know, I was like, man, I I wonder how hard it's going to be doing this or I wonder if I'm going to get clients or I wonder, you know, yeah. all these different things I was afraid of and what I ended up realizing, which no one would have been able to tell me this before is just doing this I've almost like tripled my income Um, just because I can work on multiple accounts sometimes sometimes they pay me a lot more sometimes a lot less and just that flexibility you'll never get with like a traditional w-2 job
0: I think you can appreciate the opportunity to be able to make more money as well as to have more time to do the things that you love so the question I had for Lloyd was how does he make sure that he has enough clients so that he doesn't have to have the stress that comes with being a freelancer or a business owner
1: yeah so I think the thing I I now realize is I, I Need to change my expectations. So, for example, my whole plan was like, okay, like I have this, like these contracts, they fund my lifestyle. Fantastic. I could probably bring in another 30% from a revenue perspective by doing, you know, brand deals and sponsorships. And what I ended up finding out is that, man, because I was so dependent on this income, these contracts and the pressure I put on myself to get these contracts uh, just became too much to handle. And so what I've now done is like retracted and said, great. I know that I need two contracts to not feel pressured. I know that I, both of these contracts need to pay X amount. Let's spend the next three months finding these contracts, which, you know, it's gonna take a lot of time. It's gonna be a little difficult finding the right one, but we're dedicating 90 days to it. Once you find that these two right clients that now pay the bulk majority of your bills, you now don't have pressure in the future for future contracts because you, know, you now have leverage. So for me, I'm not looking for opportunities unless you approach me with the right opportunity, I'm not going to do it. And that's only because I was able to build that foundation of like the two contracts that fund my base needs. Um And so I think, you know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have that and they constantly feel stressed or they constantly feel like, you know, I need a client this month or else uh, and I never wanted to be in that position and so prioritizing what your baseline needs are and what you need to like make that amount of money is probably a great starting point.
0: I really love what Lloyd just shared. Making sure that you have the basics of your business met. One of the things that I learned recently from Graham Cochran was about the 64-4 rule. Now this is just the 80-20 rule but multiplied times two so to get 64% of your results you have 4% of your activities. So it's focusing in just a little bit more tightly and it seems that Lloyd has really figured out what his 4% is. He has a couple of key things that he needs to make sure that he does so that his business thrives for the most part. And then he can spend the rest of his time, the 96% of his effort on some of the things that he really loves to do, which still allows business to grow, but it allows him to really do what he loves most of the time. I also shared with Lloyd how I've worked with several different agencies. And how I enjoy some of that work, but sometimes it can be a little bit stressful. That's yeah. And, and you know, I
1: come from agency backgrounds and I love, I love agency life, but it is intense. And so I like, you know, that's. One other thing that I had to factor in, what I realized is like, man, when I was an agency, it almost felt like I was working a lot. Like I was actually busy. And what I've now found out, like I now have a very clear idea of like, okay, if I get this type of client, if I'm in-house and I'm in the creative department, not technology department, and I'm working with this type of stakeholder, I'm probably going to be working maybe 15% of the time that I should be working, which makes it so much easier to like stagger it, you know? And so there's these yeah. small nuances where that are important for each person to figure out so that you feel charged at the end of the day and not kind of like, darn, I've been working two jobs. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, as a contractor, you can, I mean, you get paid a little bit more and you can yes. hire like a virtual assistant or something. So you are working Yeah. So the same works getting done. You just Are working less. I feel like people should do that in their day jobs. Yeah. Hire a virtual assistant and work less. Seriously. That's a great Uh, point. I was curious what sparked Lloyd's interest in podcasting and how he really got into it. So I asked about his origin story and getting into podcasting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So I started consuming podcasts in 2014 um, and I did that because I was at a dead end job and it was terrible. My my manager would literally make me cry on my lunch breaks. Like that's how bad it was. And so basically I was like, you know what? Like I found a podcast and it was actually uh, the Dave Ramsey podcast and it had like, they they released like three hours a day and they had been doing that for years. So they had like thousands of available hours. So every day I'd get there at 9am, I'd listen to podcasts until like 4pm and then go home and it made the time go by so fast. And so that was the first time I really realized like the importance of a podcast. I mean, think about it, like what other medium will allow you to sit at a desk, consume content, be entertained, but you don't necessarily need to see it or watch it for it to be relevant. You're also getting educated and learn some, learning something new and it's 100% free. Like that's just like a rare medium, like TV can't even do that, right? Um, and so I that was like when my fascination with podcasting started. In 2019, I decided to produce my own podcast for the first time called Foreign Made. I made about $5,000 from that episode. And then in December of uh twenty twenty one, I decided that I was gonna create content online helping other people start their first podcast. And that's really like the important thing about like my day job because I wanted all of my additional content to be one hundred percent free. I didn't want to feel like I had to upsell people, I had to, you know, convince people to coach, to do all this crap. I just wanted to feel like this is great content and it's one hundred percent free.
0: Oh, I love that. That's I remember when I first started listening to audiobooks in high school, I absolutely loved it. I would listen to like one or two a week. But it was a whole process. I had to go to the library, get the discs, rip them, put them on my mp3 player it was just a whole process once i had a smartphone and was able to do podcasts on my phone it was so much better but i'm curious you mentioned the dave ramsey podcast what other podcasts did you start listening to first the
1: the first podcast i listened to was uh the dave ramsey podcast but the first podcast right, i loved yeah. was um, a podcast called how i built this by guy Raz, um where he interviews entrepreneurs okay. oh my gosh the podcast yes. is so okay. good i i, I think yeah. I saw this somewhere i can't remember but i think they do like almost 20 million per month and like downloads it's like insane
0: one of the things that i really struggle struggle with is growing a podcast outside of YouTube. I've worked with a lot of different clients with a YouTube-based podcast and they always had someone else handle the podcast. It was an agency or you know a team member, something like that. So I haven't really had to focus on that as much, but I'm really focused on helping you know business and thought leaders grow their podcast. So I know the YouTube side what are some of the things that we can do on, you know, the actual podcast side to get more downloads and to really increase that reach?
1: Yeah. So I think like, this is like a, a definitely a nuanced question for sure. Right? Like the first part of it is like, I don't think anyone knows that there's people that have like real marketing teams and execs that are trying to figure out, like, how do we grow our podcast? And because the podcast industry is trailing behind in terms of its discoverability, we have no clear cut way to do that just yet. And that's kind of like, you know, the interesting thing about the, podcast bases. we're literally building it as we go. And we're figuring out all these problems and we're trying to solve them in real time. Um, Some of the things that I've seen work really well have been podcast ads because that's the other thing, like technically speaking, podcasting isn't mainstream yet. Um, So about 48% of Americans listen to podcasts. And so we have this ecosystem of 48% of people that listen to podcasts. Do we want to market to them or do we want to go out and get net new listeners, first time listeners? If we're going to start by advertising to people that already listen to podcasts, we want to run ads on a platform like Overcast, for example. And so that way, your podcast snippet can be uh, shared with someone that is already likely to like the type of content that you create. You know, you... um, I love to Think Media um, podcasts, and I feel like I'm constantly frustrated not being able to find enough podcasts that talk about YouTube strategy. And so the idea that you are out there and you have a podcast and I'm searching Crazy for people that have the content that you create. I'm only one of probably hundreds of thousands of people. And so, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity here, but I don't think we have a clear cut solution just yet. The second thing I will say is, you know, I don't think that, in my opinion, downloads have a direct correlation with revenue. Um, very different than like YouTube, in my opinion. So, my first podcast where I made, made $5,000, I had at that specific time like 300 total downloads for the entire season um and so i was still able to pitch that to people and they were able to see the value of what i was doing
0: i like that and i think that's that's the hard thing because i'm like i if you want to learn how to grow on youtube typically you're on youtube if you want to learn how to grow on tiktok you look on tiktok but it's like there's like podcast is the one medium where it's like come sit down chat with me we're going to be here a while i'm not going to worry about the editing like i'm just going to speak my mind and be honest whereas in youtube it's like oh i've got to polish this up and maybe cut out some of these things and gotta keep your keep your attention so maybe you won't get like the deep bits um, but i feel like that no, i agree i
1: hope in the future as like we have more you know people try and solve this discoverability problem i'm hoping that like we have more like solutions tiktok definitely helps i feel like but um i don't know that like large networks feel like they see a big correlation between like social media content and like
0: downloads okay and that yeah that's hard because i feel like the well, another thing, Russell Brunson has a quote and it says, people that like to listen to podcasts like to listen to podcasts. So like you like podcasts, that's your medium, you're going to stay there for the most part. You'll probably be on other places, but like if that's your preferred, you're not going to spend the time you'd normally spend listening to a podcast scrolling TikTok and vice versa. Like I can have a you know a video on TikTok of my podcast, but it's gonna be really hard to take you from 15 seconds to <laughs> an hour and 15 minutes. So I
1: will say one thing yeah. that I've seen work really well recently, um, surprisingly, is um, email lists. Now, the types of people that I've been seeing build their email lists have been just people that are adjacent to the content you're creating. So maybe you already have a, a group of people that are in your email list talking about YouTube. So if you send them your podcast content, then naturally because it's you, they're going to click on it. Um, I also tried this maybe about a month and a half ago. Um, and I saw a huge influx. The moment I sent the email, I saw a huge influx of people clicking and listening. So I think that could be one way to get additional listeners as
0: well. I'll have to remember that. I think that's, that's a huge deal. And using your email list, like If you send relevant content in that and be like oh if you want to hear an hour on this then like hey here's an episode that talks about all these things you just read through so it'd be so cool if we had like
1: a a vid iq for podcasting or something like that yeah oh my gosh
0: yeah that was the one thing that really kept me away from podcasts for a while i had a buddy that he got me into youtube um and he did a podcast for a while and i was like oh how do you track this and that he's like well you don't like like i have four different tools i use for youtube to track everything and like you don't like you don't. He's like, no, the metric says downloads. I'm like, okay, I can't. Do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's no way. Yeah. What What are your thoughts oh, on man.
1: like, um, podcasting and YouTube and how they mix or mesh or yeah. maybe don't mesh?
0: So YouTube is a bit different than most platforms because of you know what they're trying to do. They want to be kind of the king of all videos. And so you know if if you would ask me a little while ago, I'd give you a different strategy. But right now, from what I'm seeing, the algorithm is changing a bit. So they are you know really focusing on making the shorts algorithm work really well. You know they have the long form kind of down. They're working on adding podcasts as well. So, so really they're trying to make these multiple systems or algorithms work together really well. So you want some short form, you know, vertical videos, shorts, some medium form. So, you know, that five to 15 minute range. Then I would also say if you're doing a podcast that 30 minute plus even one to three hours is also great. So if I were to give you a strategy on how to post, I would say, post that one long podcast video once a week, you know, whatever day you want, then I would take a few clips from it, maybe three to five minutes or 10 to 15 minutes, you know, maybe one of each. Or if you also want to cover other topics, you know, use that video. Video length for those other topics that aren't maybe your podcast, but you know, have three to four of those each week and then fill the rest with shorts. And so seven posts in a week is just fine. I I wouldn't post more than one a day, but I would kind of sprinkle those through, you know, have a short strategy because that is going to be different. It is a different algorithm or different system than the rest of these. They work together, but they're different. Figure out how to make videos in that five to 15 minute range that are really, really engaging. These ones are harder actually, in my opinion, to make because they do need to be really engaging. And the longer the video is, the less completion time you need. So I do error in that eight to 12 minute range is kind of where I tell people to be. Um, but you can be in that five to six minute range or the 12 to 15 minute range. It doesn't matter that much, but my strategy, if you are trying to promote your podcast is understand the psychology of the person watching. And so if you're going to sit down and watch a 10 to 15 minute video, Probably you'll listen to a 30 to 60 minute video. So, you know, I do try to make my videos a little bit longer because the three to six minute videos that I make, if people are leaving and they're not watching a full three to six minute video, there's no way they're going to want to watch my full podcast episodes, which is really what I'm trying to promote here.
1: But, I love that. That's a great uh, point. I, I could really see that working. This this sort of like short form content that's 15 minutes that you love, and then you get to the end, and it's like, yeah, if you want an hour long of this, check out you know this episode. I could certainly see that working really well.
0: I love that you mentioned downloads don't correlate to income because I actually have a channel where. I had 800 subscribers, which I mean, not quite downloads, but are kind of similar. And I made $15,000 on that channel before I ever hit, you know, a thousand subscribers. So before I was ever monetized on YouTube and that channel still makes, you know, between $500,000 a month and have 2,600 subscribers on there. And I haven't, I haven't uploaded in eight or nine months. Like I think I've uploaded one or two videos in the past year and it just keeps going, keeps growing. So, you know, you can absolutely build something if you really target your niche and your tribe well and you give them something they're looking for. Um, oh, like,
1: I, I meant to ask yeah. you about that. Sometimes I feel like with YouTube and I'm still trying to figure out the correlations between podcasting and YouTube. Um, yeah. And I you know, I, I interviewed a guy named Henry um, and he has a podcast and he, I think he just crossed like the 2 million download mark. Every month he has oh, wow. like 50,000 downloads. He makes maybe like $4,000 yeah. just in like AdSense from Anchor. And part of what he said is like the reason he's able to get so many downloads is because he has a small number of people that view each individual episode, but because he puts one out every day, Monday through Friday, when you combine at that total amount, oh, wow. that it's a large amount. And so yeah. he, it, it does make more sense in his example to, the, to post often. Do you find that it's the yeah. same thing with YouTube? Do you find that if someone were posting two videos a week versus one a week, that that would make a drastic difference in
0: their success? Yeah, I think so YouTube, because we have all this data, it's easier to come up with these strategies and they get a little little more complex Um, my strategy that i would would have given you even just a couple of weeks ago um, would have been different than now because youtube's algorithm so for shorts is a different algorithm for long form and when they first released it they talked to each other and the problem was they would suggest shorts on your long-form videos and people didn't like that and so for the past i think it's a year year and a half they've been separated and they don't talk to each other and they finally have said that it's either fixed or pretty close to being fixed. So where they'll communicate to each other. So if you watched 20 of my shorts, you would never see one of my long form videos. But now if you watch my shorts and you're watching long form, once it is fixed, they'll suggest long form videos. And so you're you're gonna see shorts grow. I'm, I'm assuming grow a lot of channels that have been posting shorts. I hope that's the case. Cause I, if it's like, okay, now going forward, this is gonna work. I'm like, oh, what was all the effort for, <laughs> but um, so I think You need to give on YouTube, you need to give the video time to breathe, so to speak, for the algorithm to suggest it and really get it out there. So if you're posting two videos a day, that's like on TikTok, you can do that. Twitter, you can do that. YouTube, I would say stick with one a day, probably the most I would do, but I wouldn't do seven long, full videos. I would do seven of a a variety because YouTube wants to be the king of all content, and so they're going to push different things differently. That's
1: interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. That's I'm glad you said that. Cause I was under the impression that like, okay, like let's just do once a week forever. And you know, obviously, yeah. I would not have experienced quit. So I appreciate that. You know, that's the other thing that's interesting yeah. about the world of content, not necessarily podcasting though. It changes so fast. It's insane. Uh, podcasting. I don't think it's changed probably for the worst. Like we could use some innovation on, um, This 25th, I think we have a pretty big change coming to the world of podcasting um, across like all platforms. But, you know, that's been the same for like the last however many years.
0: Okay. What, did, what is the change on August 25th? Um, I'm, basically uh, right now, like
1: change? in the podcast world, um, when you really think about it, the first real player in the world of podcasting was Apple, right? Like the, it, that podcast app has been on our phone since 2008. And even when we didn't know what it was, we just knew like, oh, there's this purple icon on my phone. I never click oh. it, but it's there. Um, and when people got into podcasting, it was via Apple. And so in some ways is synonymous with podcasts right like when you think of podcasts we think of apple so the people in the podcast space want to create a clear difference between apple and the podcasting industry we don't want it synonymous with any one organization we want to decentralize and so there's a guy i forgot his name but we could maybe Adam Newman, I can't think of his name, but we call him like the podcast godfather, whatever they call him. Um, And he came up with this concept called podcasting 2.0. And it's basically all of these rules that we now can categorize as podcasting and all of the hosting companies all work together to make this like happen and come true. So for example, I think they have like 17 wow. new features that they're going to be adding that will be available in terms of like podcasting 2.0. If these hosting companies will be able to leverage those, add them to the platform. I think one will be like donate to your podcast using Bitcoin or crypto. Wow. Um, another one yeah. might be... Um, If you log into like your podcast host, you may see different fields. So like, you'll have like your title, you'll have your description, you'll have your key author, you'll have all of those all come from like the podcasting 2.0, um, efforts. And so I don't know what all like the new 17 features I'll be adding, but I think one of them is like now podcasts will have video if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, there's a few cool cool. things that are like coming up.
0: Oh, I love that. That was another question I was going to ask you because I'm—that's huge news. I'm really excited about those changes, and honestly, I'm really excited that video is coming to podcasting because YouTube has really focused on it and the fact they just added, you know, podcasts as far as you know being a feature. Twitter is adding podcasts as Twitter Spaces. LinkedIn is also adding podcasts, and Spotify actually just allowed Anchor to allow you to upload your video podcast to Spotify, which is absolutely crazy. So video podcasting, I feel like is going to be absolutely huge. I'm really trying to focus in a niche down on video podcasting. So I really feel like I've made the right decision here. Yeah.
1: And Um, I think YouTube has said for the last few years that they have a few podcasting products that they're working on, but they're not out. So we all know they're coming. We just don't know what the heck they are, but whatever it is, it's going to be huge. I mean, I have a few like ideas of what it could be, but you know, I think that'll be really exciting to see YouTube take a big role.
0: Next thing I want Want to ask you lloyd is how did you make five thousand dollars and 300 downloads on a podcast that's absolutely phenomenal i feel like if you're listening to this you know making money is one of the things that you want to do with your podcast but I don't know that too many of us think, okay, how do I directly monetize my podcast? Maybe they're trying to you know, get clients or services or sell things, but if you can get your podcast to pay for itself, I feel like that's a win-win. So how can we make money from our podcasts? So I think like the the way- I hope you've gotten value out of the show today. If you have, it would mean the world to me if you would share the show with a friend. Podcasts are notoriously hard to grow and word of mouth is actually the way that they, they grow the fastest. So if you could take a second and text this to a friend or family member, someone who needs this, I would really appreciate it.
1: That the industry as a whole does it, um, is using CPMs, which is just um, cost per thousand, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and basically, if you go that route, you're basically gonna get screwed over. It's not gonna be fair. Uh, you're gonna need millions of downloads to be able to get compensated. And so what I've done is just take an approach that doesn't even factor that. It's just, hey, this is where I'm going. I'm willing to let you sponsor this entire season. And I'm only gonna pick three people that I'm gonna let sponsor the entire season. Now, because of that, I'm asking that they okay. invest in like the industry as a whole, which will give them an opportunity to be a thought leader in the industry and not just my podcast. So for example, this is why I like having a niche is really important my specific podcast in um, 2019 was called uh, Foreign Made and it was basically like a podcast that celebrated the stories of immigrant innovators. And so I went to all these organizations that championed immigrants, that championed immigrant work. And I was like, man, I got this podcast, it's going to target immigrants. And so to them, they thought it was just like the most amazing idea. It was like, yeah, of course, it's just like what we do, like we want to be on the forefront. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people that could have like opportunities like that. And so it's, you're now more you're in a position now where you don't have to say like, I get 20,000 downloads, so it's going to cost X, but it's just, Hey, this is a good effort. It's going to push our industry forward. It's going to cost you 1500 each to sponsor the entire season. Great. Let's do it. And when you really boil that down 1500 for the whole season per sponsor, that might come out to like a hundred dollars per episode, which is not that much for like a large organization.
0: I think that makes so much more sense. I actually reached out to a brand actually hile microphones because I want them to sponsor my podcast. Cause I am talking to video podcasters. And you need to be able to get you know really really good sound for your podcast. And so you know of all of the brands that I've tried, you know I actually own twenty two different microphones right now, and Heil is absolutely my favorite. If you were to say, hey, you can pick one brand, you that's the only brand you can ever recommend or use for podcasting. I would really be it because they make incredible dynamic microphones. So, you know, this microphone here is the PR40. Absolutely my favorite. Actually, they're letting us do a giveaway of you know one of these and a couple of other things. So I'm really excited about that. If you go to wavm.live, that's actually where you can enter in that giveaway, but it just makes sense for me to reach out to them because I know I can trust their product. And if I can put in a 30, 60 second ad, whatever it is, each episode and promote them, it's a win for them, but it's also a win for me because I'm providing value to my audience of what microphone should you use? And how do I get the quality of audio that they see in this podcast? And so it just makes a lot of sense to be able to integrate those two, as well as to you know, make my podcast pay for itself so I can continue to produce and create high quality content.
1: I, I think like it just requires creativity, right? And I think there's a lot of people that will find that they have a unique opportunity to be creative. Like kind of like you just said, like if you were in person theoretically, what would it look like to say each month we're gonna use a different microphone and the brand is gonna provide the microphones and they're each gonna pay $2,500. And that's like the theme, like for that month, it's, you know, Road, is whoever you choose. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people that could do something similar to that. My cousin uh, is in the music industry and her entire job at one point was whenever they were shooting a music video, she would reach out to all these brands and see if she can get their products placed in the music video video. So it might just be a Coca-Cola can in the background or a plant or whatever it is.
0: And so there's just so many ways to be creative and get sponsorship in that way. No, I think that's awesome. And that's too many people. I feel like, don't think this through like a business would, because I have talked to people and they're not clients and not people I've worked with. They're like, uh, I have 80,000 subscribers on YouTube and I make about $2,000 a month. I'm like, wait, what? Like how I I have 2,000 and I make 1,000, you should be making. You know, a lot more. You should be making eighty grand at yeah. least a yeah. year off of that. But it's you've got to you got to be more creative. Yeah. Like and seriously, are. and I, so and I, I think too,
1: that. I think selling itself is like a skill. And I think in the same way that we view like getting better at our craft as creatives, I think the same could be said for like our ability to sell and pitch ourselves as well. There's people that I see that don't have a large following but that do make a significant amount of money because they can sell themselves well. And same vice versa, people that just you know,
0: opposite. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's. You gotta believe in yourself a yeah, little bit yeah. <laughs> to be able to do that because it's, it's hard to reach out and be like, okay, send me right. free product and pay me a bunch to be able to just mention it. Yeah the hard thing that I've seen creators go through is like, well, I'm not getting them enough sales to be a return. It's like, that's, that's not the point. Like if, if you're in that boat, I want you to go out, call a production company, ask them how much it would cost to produce an hour long podcast episode, ask them, you know, how much it would cost to hire or find someone to hire for a podcast, see what that would cost. Like go through all the steps, all the things that you're doing, the editing, the posting, the the reach that you have and price that out. And it's It is crazy. Like I I asked someone for a five to 10 minute YouTube video, just the filming and editing and sending it over. No talent, no posting, none of this other stuff. It was $3,000 was the discounted price. I'm like, okay. So when a brand says, hey, here's... $500 $500 for the free stuff, will you make as a right. video? You're getting ripped off as the creator, yeah. like just and based context. on what they would have yeah. to
1: spend. To do 100%. Yeah. And it's like, I think brands <laughs> like the idea that like, you know, when I was doing the immigrant thing, I think they all liked the idea that when someone searched up their name or when someone listened to the podcast, their brand was going to be featured. And that I think was like a big thing for yeah. them. Like they want to be an industry leader. They want to be on the forefront. Um, and if they can afford it, I think they'll try their best to like, to work with you. Like, I think they want that. Yeah.
0: No, and I think that's, I think part of that is you have, you were niched down. Like you, you had a specific thing and if you can align with something and find brands that align with that, I think it's a lot easier. I don't know what's your, what there, there's many different camps on niching. What's your (laughs) opinion, thoughts on niching now, especially for podcasts. This is a little different. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's a weird thing. Honestly, I think I view podcasting, you know, Ali Abdel has like a great framework where he says like, get started, get good, and then get efficient or something like that. Um, and, I view podcasting the same way, right? Like when people start, I'm just like, it doesn't even matter your niche at this point. It's just like you said earlier, you just need to get to your 50 videos and you need to get good at podcasting, get at cheering your voice, get your equipment, your technology set up, niche or no niche, you need to like start today. Um, and then, you know, once you feel comfortable and you decide where you wanna go with your podcast, you can then say, man, I loved when we spoke about this episode. I loved when we interviewed this person. I really felt a lot of energy and alive when I was talking about this topic. Maybe I should do that more. And if you just do that each month, maybe in three to six months, you'll have like a clear cut niche. And I think it's significantly easier to pitch and sell yourself once you have a niche, which is why I recommend that everyone have a niche, but I just don't recommend that people don't start if they don't have a niche.
0: I like that. I I think as you go, well, I think if you niching down too much at the start might be okay, but later on, as you get known better, you can branch out a little bit, but I think this is hard for me with podcasts because on YouTube, I can create 50 videos and I can go, okay, top 10 most viewed okay how long were they viewed like where did people i can see when people yep. dropped off what was i talking about when people dropped off so i can really see here's exactly what my audience is interested yep. in i don't think <laughs> you can't do that yeah. <laughs> like maybe the most downloaded but i don't know what counts as download. do you do anything like that as far as data wise deciding what you talk about or do you just kind of create and and do your thing and be okay with yeah that. personally
1: i do and i think more podcasters should because part of what sucks is like with podcasting if someone listens to your episode i think past for a second mark it counts as a download and i think an important <sighs> stat is like people should see where people drop off so that they can find out like i there's a podcast that i love like it's my favorite podcast i'm even on their like patreon and i'll listen to an episode and i'll just be like Two minutes in, like, this episode sucks. I'm not going to listen to it. Um, and I don't know mm-hmm. that they will know that because they're just going to know 10,000 people listened mm-hmm. until the two minute mark. Um, and so I think more podcasters should listen to, like, when people drop off, kind of like you were just saying, um, but also, like, the number of people that return. Like, are these subscribers? Are these net new people? Where are these people finding yeah. me? And then what day people listen? Podcasters are very territorial with their time. Like, most people that like consume podcasts already have specific podcasts for certain days, for a specific drives, they already know what time their commute is going to be. Yeah. And so if you're my Wednesday podcast, I'm not going to switch that. And in fact, if you don't release on Wednesday, I'm going to be pissed because that is like, I look forward to that. Right. And so I think there are some of those analytics yeah. that could help you serve your customers a little better.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. I think I, I feel you on that. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it married Gary, Some somebody was like, they have a good podcast on the topic I like. then you're scrolling through and it's like web three and crypto, like not that some of those things aren't interesting, but those things I have specific questions about. If I go to YouTube, like I don't want to listen to someone talk about it for an hour. So that's, that's my thing. But like, if we're talking YouTube optimization, growing your audience, storytelling, like these things, I'll listen for a few hours, but when it's just random, I'm like, I don't know, I'm not going to listen. So I think you, from my perspective, you should pick a niche and kind of stick within it for a podcast. If you want people to return and listen Like you said, every yeah. week, figure out what you um, do
1: and do it like, well, and I think like, that's my frustration with yeah. like podcasting versus YouTube. I just feel like YouTube allows you to like give feedback and chat via comments and all of this and mm-hmm. podcasting makes that very, very difficult. There are some platforms that will let you, but overall it's like, you can't.
0: How detailed are those platforms? What are those platforms? If you mind, if you know them off the top of your head, cause I'm, I'm really curious yeah. if there is more data than I have. I just use captivate.fm and there's really, yeah. there's almost no. Yeah. No data. I think the
1: uh, two platforms that I think that have great data are um, Buzzsprout and um, there's one called Acast. Um, and Acast specifically is more centered around like larger podcasts, and so they do a great job with like figuring out how do we put create data that will allow you to scale and grow. It's it's fantastic. Um, but in terms of engaging with okay. your audience, there's a platform called Good Pods, for example, and they'll let you comment, they'll let you follow certain podcasts. It's almost like a, it's almost oh. like TikTok okay. or podcasting. You create clips if you listen to my podcast, I'll see that you listened and you can drop a comment and we can chat. It's, it's super cool. It's just really, really small. And so they're still figuring out like how to grow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I think the best way to promote your podcast is with podcasters and so, well, people that listen to podcasts, so that might be more effective than promoting it to a large TikTok audience. I mean, it might not, but like, I don't know. I feel like that. that yeah. One of the things oh. I meant to
1: oh. ask you too was, you know, what are, how do you go about creating relationships with, if you, if there's a specific microphone that you want sent to you or brands you want to collaborate with, how do you yeah. go about doing that?
0: Yeah. No, that's a good question. I, I get, I've had that question as well as kind of variation of like, how do you get people on your podcast? Cause I've had, you know, I, i really just started and just, have had people every yeah. week since. Um, but with brands, how I do it is one-on-one Amazon Live, and that's for brands that sell on Amazon. As an Amazon influencer, mm-hmm. um, you can produce shoppable videos, which are before you get to the reviews. There's this stream of videos that you see. And when I first saw I was like, who makes these? And I see like, sometimes the brand makes them, but it's like, where are these coming from? Yeah. It feels like it's a like just a reviewer, but I can't make one. Um, those are Amazon influencers. Right. And so I create those videos. So you're trying to decide if you wanna buy something, my video's there. Hopefully it convinces you to buy because I'm only talking about products that I actually yeah. either own, like trust, have used. Um, so that's one thing, because otherwise competitor yep. videos can be on those pages. That's a really easy sell. Like, hey, you have a competitor yep. on your page. Let's, I, I can help you yeah. bump them off. Um, and then live streaming on Amazon is another, where it's like, I'm talking to people, right before they're buying. And we're going to talk about your products. So Hile microphones, like you can reach out and say, Hey, I love what I'm seeing from your microphones. Can you send me some, I'll make shop videos. I'll do some live streams about them. We'll talk about them. And that's usually the easiest way to do it. That's amazing. Getting paid. Like if, if they want YouTube yeah. videos or TikTok videos or other content that is, Harder to yep. produce. Um, I'm going to require them to to pay me. But those ones, I'm like, okay, if if I get it for free, that's fine. Um, the other thing is, they they want more exposure, and so I say, hey, can we do yeah. a giveaway? And so, for example, Hyle. So if people right now go to wavm.live, this giveaway is going on for the next like 35 days. We're giving away a Hyle PR40, um, and then a Hyle Fin yep. microphone, and then a pair of their headphones, which are the Pro Set Three, I think. So there's three things yeah. we're giving away and on Amazon we can, we can That's do that. Awesome. So, um, it's kind of easy to pitch yeah. that way. Getting paid's a little bit harder. I have done it, but you have to have more mm-hmm. to offer, um, to be able to do that. And just ask, like I have a virtual assistant and she has emailed a hundred brands wow. maybe. And I think we've had like seven send us stuff. The seven that have sent us stuff. I think we've gotten like $13,000 wow. stuff sent, but it takes, you've got to research the brands, find the right person, yeah. like, process. So, um, but make sure you're offering value don't be like hey i i want your stuff so can you send it to me be like how can right. i help you What what's going to help you and convince you yeah, to send me stuff yeah basically. that's incredible i, I love that well, really it's the same with getting like like i had chris doe on yeah. the podcast um and people are like hey, it was like your fourth episode <laughs> how did you get him on and i'm like well i've been in his pro group for mm-hmm. a year now um so paying into that but i've also done three youtube yeah. trainings inside of his group for free i'm not being paid like i just offered and I've really tried to support his group the best I know how. And so when I did reach out and said, Hey, I'd love to have you on. It it wasn't a, yeah, not that he's paying me back, but it wasn't hard for him to say yes. Cause he knew me. We had talked a lot. Like I am supporting everything he's doing the best. I can. So if you'll do that for a few specific people, you can get some. Pretty cool people on your, 100%. on your shows. I always
1: tell people, like, it's amazing having guests on your shows that you really love and respect and know. Um, and that relationship and that bond, just being able to talk for forty-five minutes or an hour about whatever, it's very different than just meeting someone at a coffee shop and saying hey or whatever. It's it's I can't describe it, but it's it's intentional and it really uh, has depth. Yeah,
0: as the the host, you can, and and we've done back and forth. I like this style better because it is like. Hey, you have stuff you're yeah. interested in. I have like it's just more of a conversation. You can do, and when it's bigger names, I do like the more interview style because it's like you're the expert. I'll let you like I I want your yeah, your yeah. knowledge. Like, do you really wanted to ask me something, you could, right, but right. <laughs> like I don't, I don't feel like it's going to. Yeah, that, totally. So, uh, but you make a lot you of friends, do. build your your network and
1: literally once great. a week for an entire year. Yeah, so. <laughs> There'll be lots of intentionality. I love it.
0: The next question I have for you is how do you decide what style of podcast to make? Here on my show, I have solo podcast episodes. I also have guest podcast episodes. And I've done that mostly because I really wanted to learn from people. And this whole thing started as basically Q&A back and forth with other creators that I wanted to learn from. And we were just doing live shows. That worked really well. But also I try to create my own content and my YouTube videos take an incredible amount of time. So if I can, you know, sit down and record a podcast 30, 60 minutes, that's just a lot easier for me. So how do you decide what style of podcast to make? And do we need to be consistent with our patterns of podcasts? podcasts I think part you know. of
1: it is a combination of being a little frustrated with how we do things in the podcast space and sort of feeling like I don't like how like rigid we're becoming and I don't like how uh, systematic we're having to be. Um, and I want to feel sort of just like musicians feel, right? Like, you know, Adele puts out an album this year and next year she's she decides to do something completely different. We praise that. We love that. We think that's innovative. Yeah. It's creative and podcasting. If you switch your format, they're like, what are you doing? You know, your audience isn't going to love that. Right. And so I, yeah. I like feeling like, you know what, like whatever I feel like doing today, I'll do it. If I wake up tomorrow and it's an interview. Great. If not great. Um, I'm just going to sort of go with the flow and hope that my audience follows suit. That doesn't have to be everyone's approach, but that's sort of like my approach.
0: Oh, I like that. I think that's, I like the solo episodes cause it is like, I know I can do my YouTube video and just make it an hour long. And it's not, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Like, in fact, it's appreciated. (laughs) Um, and there's no editing. Like some of my videos, people, I don't think people realize this, but when you're just mediocre at editing, it doesn't take Mm -hmm. you very long. When I first, you know, my 60th video maybe took me two, three hours to edit. I did a hobby video. We flew out to Austin, Texas and got some barbecue and I edited that video. It took me eight hours to film. It took me. 26 hours to edit and it turned out to be six minutes. And there are still things like I was like, if this wasn't a hobby channel, I could have edited this for another 5-10 hours easily but I just had to stop. And so to be able to go live for an hour, have it pretty much done and like just posting. It's so freeing to have an hour of yeah. content done with an hour or two. Seriously. seriously. I, yeah. I
1: agree. So, I, I think like, yeah. you know, it's nice to have long form content, but you know, I feel like what we'll start seeing too is like people just also doing shorter podcasts. So they'll just say like, Hey, I'll do a 15 or 20 mm-hmm. minute solo or interview based podcast. And that's someone's commute home. Uh, one thing I saw this pastor does, he'll do yeah. an hour long episode, uh, just like we just did here. And he'll make that three separate episodes. So it's like part one, part two, okay. part three. And he's obviously yeah. narrating at the beginning and end. So you can tell, so he'll say, hey, in this conversation, we're going to talk about X. And at the end, he'll say, hey, we're going to pick this up next week. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Next week, we'll talk about X. Um, And I think that's kind of cool. Basically, I have almost a month worth of content.
0: Okay, I had a question about that. Something that you said earlier, and this kind of makes sense. So you you said people have their day, their podcast day for a certain show. Um, One, how do we pick what days, times we release? But two, could we do what you just said and take these long episodes? Because, I mean, this one is going to be at least an hour. If you have more time, it could... I'm, I'm here. I'm free for a while. So we could, yeah. we could go longer, but it could be really long. I've had one that was like two hours and 15 minutes, but that's a long time for someone to yeah. sit and listen. So should we maybe chunk it and have episodes that come out every single day? So we're not just people's one day a week. We're like every day. Um, yeah. I, don't know. I, have I, two I love that. Um, and and you know, I don't
1: think it's that. I think people build podcasts around their world and their life. Um, and so say for instance, like you are my Tuesday day, and then you start releasing on Monday, I will probably just still listen to it on Tuesday. Um, when I have that time. So it doesn't okay. necessarily change anything. I think what I'm more so referring to is, uh, you're my Tuesday day, but for this specific week, for whatever reason, you don't release an episode. And so now I'm forced to fill that time with another oh, okay. podcast episode. And that's where we start to see some, some level of like drop off, uh, just in terms of like, it's unlikely I will okay. re- listen to you next week since I've filled this podcast with another slot, this slot with another podcast. Um, I do think though, that like breaking up episodes, in my opinion, is more digestible. And the best way to do this is to find like to think about your ideal target listener and where they are listening. So for example, for most of my listeners, it's when they're driving and the average commute time with the driver where I am in Atlanta is about 20 to 30 minutes. And so I always time it out so that my episode is like, you could listen to it in one single drive. Um, And so if you have a two hour long episode, I could see a world where you easily break it up into three or four different pieces. One thing I even okay. see that, that works I really like that. well and for um Colin and Samir is they will they will do a reaction to their own podcast episode, which is really really uh, okay. good, and I, yeah. I love those. So they'll just talk through their favorite parts of their interview, what they learned, what they took away, and it's it's so good.
0: That I like that a lot. Is that something? I mean, they have two of yeah. them, so you can kind of have this banter back and forth, something like that. Is that something you'd see a single podcaster doing effectively, or is that maybe a little harder to do with? Just no, I person. definitely could,
1: um, especially if it's just organized <laughs> like. Okay. Like what, with like my YouTube formats, I have this with my YouTube videos, I have the same format. So it's always like three pros and three things I love, three things I hate and an overall summary. And so that's something you could certainly do like as one person, like, you know, on the podcast, these are the three things I learned okay. and, and so yeah. on and so forth.
0: So you, you help me out real quick. Would I, right now I have one solo podcast on Mondays. I've released it at 5.00 AM Mountain standard time. Cause I assume that if you're on East coast, right. That's early enough. That it's out. Um, And then same thing on Friday with a guest. What if I, Monday through Friday, broke up somehow? I don't know how I'd break this up, but, so there's an episode every day, and they're 30 to 45 minutes. Does that sound like a better strategy than just Monday and Friday? Or what would you suggest for someone trying to figure that out? I
1: think if your goal is discoverability, that puts you in the best possible position Mm -hmm. to succeed. Obviously you want your, um, your titles to be like SEO optimized, your description and so on and so forth. But I do Mm -hmm. think that that will put you in the best position to succeed. Um, you'll also get the opportunity to throw a lot of stuff at the wall. If the average person is releasing one episode per week and you're doing five, you're going to learn a lot faster than they are obviously. Um, and so I certainly think if you can do it, it'll help you certainly do it. It. But I think if there's a chance that for whatever reason you may miss a week or you may not be consistent, that's where I would not do it.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a good point.
1: Like for my podcast, I'm ahead. Well, I like am um, I haven't released one in a while because I'm uh, negotiating with a potential network that I want to join, but I have like six episodes already edited that could be released right now. And so there's, it's oh. unlikely that I would miss a week in the future.
0: I listen to everything on yep. 2X speed. I don't know how common that is. So if you have an hour long podcast that fits an half hour yeah. commute for me, if it's half an hour all of a sudden it's yeah. too short yeah. so do you take that into consideration at all or do you think most people just listen to it at normal speed and i'm kind of the i i am one now i have asperger's adhd so my brain 2x average, speed is kind yeah. of the speed my brain works, I, but
1: i listen like, uh yeah. regular speed but i do know like i'd say like 10 percent of the people i know listen like 2x or maybe 1.5 um okay so i certainly can see that being a thing but i don't feel like i think people will
0: okay so really plan on like half an hour I think that's the spot. Yeah. I'm going say, I think Graham, Graham Cochran's one of the ones that I to do, almost all of his are between 25 and 35 okay. minutes-ish average. So it's, it is about that yeah. huge length. I mean, COVID world where maybe right. no, not sounds just like gym, right, still like the gym podcast, time, walk so. time. Yeah, yeah. seriously, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot to figure that's out. It. That's awesome. Make sure everyone can find you. Um, I appreciate your time. I really, really do. I think I've gotten a lot of gold nuggets. I think I might do like a reaction to this or test one of these things that you've done <laughs> and be like, hey, this this is what I learned. Here's how I'm implementing it. Let's, yeah. let's see how it works But where where can people one connect with you and two if you have any kind of like services you know, free things, whatever you have. Yeah. And before I answer well.
1: that, I just want to say too, like, you know, I'm definitely open to collaborating on content, right? Maybe like you interview someone and you want to do a reaction yeah. video and it's like, Hey Lloyd, do you want to hop on and react to this interview? I just did totally down for that. Anytime. Just let me know. Yeah. That would be that
0: would be really yeah, cool so actually
1: even if it's super like last that. minute just okay. like let me know um so uh obviously yeah. my name is lloyd thanks for having me you can find me uh on all social media at lloyd not george that's l-l-o-y-d not george uh thank you so much for having me this was amazing i love your content it was great yeah. i got to be here and ask all my youtube questions i really appreciate it
0: yeah i love it we'll have to have you on again are there so if I guess if we're trying to grow our podcast, really, you're just giving that that stuff away for free. There's nowhere we're in like hire you as coaching or anything like that, right? It's just a. Uh- That is correct. Um,
1: Unfortunately, um, I I do. um, I am thinking about like finding a way I can refer people to like other coaches if they do need like hands on help. But at the moment, I I don't have that.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Lloyd George. I absolutely learned a ton about growing your podcast, monetizing your podcast, some of the tools and different things that you can use to grow your podcast and make it better. How to decide when to post and what to post. And also that huge announcement that you know video podcasts are going to become a more normal thing because here on Branding with Video, video podcast is really the main thing that we focus on. So if you're reading the signs and you're seeing that video podcasts are being pushed on nearly every single platform now, you want to make sure that this is something that you do. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the podcast, the one thing I'd ask that you would do is go ahead and go leave a rating on the podcast. You don't have to write a full review. If you can just click that three, four, five stars, whatever kind of value you felt like you got out of this episode, that really helps me to get this content in front of more people. And I have a goal to have 100 ratings on my podcast by the end of the year. Thanks for joining in on the show today and I'll see you next week. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to two million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18 year old built a five figure a month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.